0: Welcome to the Nahrain Network podcast series. Today we're with Sir Terence Clark, former ambassador to Iraq and former head of the board of trustees of the Friends of Basra Museum. Hello. Uh,
1: hello, and uh, thank you for inviting me to contribute to
0: this series of podcasts. You we were a diplomat in the late 80s in Iraq.
1: Yes, from uh, 85 to the end of 89.
0: And and since then, I mean, you've been interested in Iraq, being able to work with the Friends of Basra Museum.
1: Yes, Uh, well before that I helped to set up with the former Iraqi ambassador to the UK Dr Salah Sheikhli, a British-Iraqi friendship society This is based in the UK? In the UK Uh, We both saw this as something missing uh, in uh, the relationship between the two countries and we set up uh, this organisation with a a view to encouraging contacts across a wide uh, range but uh, sadly it lasted for only about three, or three years, four years. I think largely because we had great ambitions but support particularly from the uh, Iraqi British community was sadly lacking. It was very difficult to raise sufficient funds to carry out the range of activities that we envisaged.
0: And this was obviously with a view to strengthening uh, partnerships and strengthening relations between the two countries in, 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 in many different fields.
1: Well, we wanted to do something that was uh, if you like, unofficial uh, outside uh, formal government governmental contacts. And uh, as I say, initially for the first two or three years it was extremely successful. Uh, we organised some really good events but... Uh, without the steady uh, cash flow that you need uh, for such societies, uh, it was doomed to failure in the end.
0: But you found another way to... Well, you. I found
1: another way to come uh, to maintain <laughs> my interest uh, in Iraq uh, through the uh, Friends of the Basra Museum. And this was a project uh, which, um, certainly when I first became engaged in it in, 19- in 2010, I never realised it would take so long to come to complete fruition. Uh, The project was already initiated in 2008 when uh, the British Army was still in occupation in the south of Iraq, but based mainly in Basra. Uh, When uh, the idea uh, came about that uh, we, the British, should leave some legacy of the occupation. Uh, and we thought that this, the best field for such a legacy was in the field of uh, archaeology and history. Uh, because, first of all, uh, Britain has a centuries-long special connection with Basra, uh, going back to the 17th century and the East India Company.
0: This is a trade and a cultural relationship to Basra. Uh, Trade, cultural
1: and uh, political, because the first uh, diplomatic representatives to Turkish Arabia as uh, the area of the three wilayats of Mosul, Baghdad and Basra were called during the Ottoman occupation the first diplomatic representation was uh, in Basra not Baghdad so um, we had really for what four centuries uh, a a very special connection with uh, Basra so when this idea began to take shape that we should look at some means of developing a special connection in the field of archaeology history, Uh, a small group of specialists went out in 2008 to have a look at the possibilities and uh, came up with the uh, idea of establishing a new museum in Basra. They thought this was the best option and uh, the British army had already uh, established themselves in one of Saddam Hussein's former uh, palaces, the so-called Lakeside Palace um, by the al Arab, where the army had had some accommodation and canteen facilities for a while. So um, the army knew of the possibilities of the building when they suggested that this might be a suitable building for a museum.
0: There was an initial decision not to totally change the building and and use it also to have it as a heritage site, given the fact that it had inscriptions from the time of Saddam. There were his uh, initials Initials. in
1: Arabic uh, calligraphy, Uh, Saad Ha Mm. appeared uh, carved in woodwork in a number of places throughout the building. Uh, But um, no, it was not certainly in the back of our minds at the time uh, that um, we should try to preserve that aspect of uh, Mm. Iraq's heritage. No, we were looking rather to the longer term, far reaching indeed, back into the history of Iraq to establish a a state-of-the-art museum presenting the narrative of
0: southern Iraq's uh, history. This was a new building, but obviously Basra had previously a museum. Certainly it had had.
1: Uh, Indeed, the Basra uh, Museum had been established in the former Greek uh, consulate uh, in uh, Basra, in uh, an old uh, uh, type of building with Shanashil, you know, but it was in a part of the town which was no longer very secure for precious objects and the building itself had suffered uh, from uh, depredation. So it was decided that the new museum should be in a new building in a different place. This idea, as I say, was developed in uh, Basra by the British Army. Some experts went out, confirmed uh, this as a suitable uh, site and a suitable project. This project was then put uh, to the British Museum as a possible backer and discussed further with the new uh, British general who was going out to command the f- forces in southern Iraq. There was lots of enthusiasm, so we then put this um, project to the Basra authorities, where again, uh, certainly uh, from, on the part of the then director of the Basra Museum, Kahtan al-Habid, it was welcomed as uh, something to be uh, supported from the Iraqi side. This was to be a museum uh, covering the uh, history of um, ancient Iraq, but also including um, Basra heritage, uh, with objects to be supplied by the National Museum in Baghdad, and uh, some of those uh, objects would, uh, were had been looted and recovered.
0: And those so objects were from Basra itself. I mean, some were yeah. f-
1: from Basra, some from uh, other museums. Yeah. It took a process of something like uh, well, almost ten years. To then go from the scoping visit, which I and uh, uh, John Curtis from the uh, then British Museum uh, we made to Basra. Uh, John Curtis with his expert eye saw it immediately, sort of museum, the shape and design layout of the museum lent itself to being a museum. We then had to look at how to raise the money because although the building had come pretty well through all the tumultuous events of 2003 and the period afterwards, it still needed to be secured against the elements and uh, would need uh, various uh, uh, installations to make it suitable uh, for a museum. So we decided to form here a committee of people interested in Iraq and in this particular project. We then looked at how to raise the money, we decided to set up a charity, we got donations from a number of British companies active in Iraq, notably BP, And we were promised funds from the Iraqi side by the uh, Basra Regional Council. So we thought we could go ahead. We needed to appoint civil engineers to, to scope the work, oversee it and see it through. And we found a British company working in Basra capable of doing that. We looked uh, at local contractors to carry out the work and found an excellent uh, Basrawi uh, uh, company to do the work. And then we came to a couple of major hitches. First of all, although the Basra and Baghdad authorities had agreed that the building should uh, be allocated to the project, I think it was in about 2007, we discovered that the Basra uh, Investment Authority had moved into the building.
0: This is the Provincial Investment Commission? Yes. And um, on what authority did they move? Well, in? they must have had authority
1: from, uh, from Basra, town. But um, anyway, although the building had already been allocated as the uh, Basra Investment Authority Mm. moved in and occupied it. So uh, the project had to mark time for, uh, I think, just over a year. And that took you by surprise when they moved in? Yes, it did, completely, yes. So we had to wait until uh, they found alternative uh, offices and eventually they did and moved out. The second major hitch was there was a kind of hiatus in government in Baghdad. There'd been fresh elections but it proved difficult to form a government, there was no budget and the money that had been promised to us simply was not forthcoming. At the same time the oil price collapsed again and the oil revenue wasn't there to back up uh, the budget. So we were then faced with a dreadful dilemma. We had uh, raised in this country about 350,000 pounds which was insufficient for the project as a whole. Should we drop the idea or should we Uh, go ahead piecemeal. We put it to the uh, authorities in Baghdad uh, Baghdad and Basra and we agreed with them that we should secure the building against the elements and uh, refurbish one gallery to be called the Basra Gallery to start with. Then if further funds were forthcoming we could proceed with the other three galleries and office accommodation and so on. So on that basis, we began, as I said, we had civil engineers and a local contractor doing the work. We ordered uh, display cases uh, from, actually from Germany. Slowly, slowly, it it took time, but everything takes time in Iraq, you know that. We slowly got to 2016 and we could see that it would be possible to open the first gallery with uh, an exhibition. It was an exhibition to cover uh, the history of of Basra. And in uh, September 2016, that gallery was opened. We had something like 600 people present. I mean, it was a big event for Basra. And when you think against the background of Iraqi history of the period, it was a huge success, I mean, to uh, have achieved that against all the difficulties, uh, uh, political, economic, uh, of the time. Around that time, in 2016, the British government decided to establish the Cultural Protection Fund with uh, a fund of some £13 million and encouraged people in areas where conflicts had affected uh, the cultural uh, history of the countries uh, involved to bid for funds to uh, in that field of archaeology, history, culture. So we put in a bid, and we were one of, I think, of only seven successful applicants, uh, which gave us uh, enough funds to do the other three galleries. Now there are four galleries. There are now four galleries. Okay. And... There was a, a generous, anonymous donor that contributed enough money uh, for us to uh, adapt one a room as an education centre. And this is a very important, I can't stress it too much, aspect of the new museum. The outreach uh, to involve people as much as possible from the locality and wider afield, of course, uh, in uh, the narrative of Iraq's history. I mean, we from the, uh, the British side also wanted to uh, ensure that there was some tangible benefit from uh, presence in uh, southern Iraq. Mm. And that we were interested, we wanted to show our interest in the redevelopment of Iraq in the post uh, Saddam uh, era. I think On the Iraqi side, there was also a political imperative uh, because sadly, I think, uh, for the last couple of decades outside influences have been encouraging uh, the notion that the history of the area started with Islam. As we have seen uh, through the terrible damage which uh, the Islamic State, so-called, wreaked on many aspects of Iraq's ancient heritage on the grounds that it was pre-Islamic, ungodly and should be obliterated. I think there was a political imperative to show to particularly young uh, Iraqis who had grown up in this period that Iraq had a a long and ancient history of which to be proud. After we uh, obtained this tranche of money from the Cultural Protection Fund, uh, we were encouraged to put in another bid, uh, which we did, and we were successful. And with that money, we have established uh, a library. It's not quite finished, but will be finished shortly. Uh, It will be equipped with uh, many of books uh, from the former British School of Archaeology in Iraq, which was established by Gertrude Bell in the early 1920s. And this uh, library will, uh, with the education centre, perform the role of a, a kind of hub uh, for um, people to come and sit and study. Uh, a second part of this um, Outreach is, of course, to train the people uh, to uh, to carry through this narrative. Uh, we have we, the friends of the Basra Museum, have uh, are about to rather uh, put in a bid for further funds to the Cultural Protection Fund and we hoped if we're successful that we shall be able to um, make this library education center work by training uh, local Basawis to uh, operate the center. Uh, So we've already started uh, some training courses for uh, museum staff in uh, Managing a museum and curating museum, in the preservation side of uh, archaeology, and uh, we hope, as I say, we'll get some more funds to uh, push that training further forward.
0: And then there might, I heard that there might be a cafe in the museum that could help sustain the work of the yes of of the museum itself.
1: Uh, yes, uh, this is an idea which. Um, uh, the Basra Museum are uh, keen on. Um, I'm not quite sure the location. Uh, they were talking about putting it on the cafe on the roof. Um, I'm not sure that's uh, such a good idea, but somewhere in the grounds, because as you may know, uh, the Basra authorities are keen on making this whole area around the museum into a kind of cultural park with other museums.
0: I wish you luck with your future work and engagement with the country, Iraq. Sir Terence Clark, this has been a pleasure speaking with you.
1: Thank you for the invitation, and I shall certainly continue as a trustee of the Friends of the Basra Museum.
0: Thank you very much.